0: You're listening to Beyond the Ordinary, a show about the companies, founders, and ideas that are shaping the future of health, science, and financial technology. Here's your host, Tommy Martin. Welcome to Beyond the Ordinary. We are so thankful to have Justin Mausk with us here today. Justin is a certified implementer for the Entrepreneurial Operating System, also known as Traction. For those of you who have read the book, Justin is also a keynote speaker. More importantly for me, Justin's a personal friend. He's been an advisor. I like to call him the best board member ever who's not actually a board member. Uh, (laughs) He's just been been on some great journeys with me with uh, multiple companies that I've had the opportunity to be a part of. Uh, We've also had the opportunity to refer him to several other companies where he's just done tremendous work for those teams. So, Justin, for our listeners, a lot of our listeners may not even know what the entrepreneurial operating system is. Why don't we start there? Those are big words. Doesn't sound super exciting unless you're (laughs) maybe an entrepreneur, but it is what it is. So, tell us what this is all about.
1: Tommy, thank you for letting me be a part of your show. Uh, let me just real quick. So, EOS, Entrepreneurial Operating System, it's really a simple set of timeless principles, some processes. And it really, at the end of the day, it does three things. It helps small to mid sized companies do three things vision, traction, and healthy. Vision, just from the standpoint that it helps. You get everybody on the same page with where you're going and how you want to get there. Traction, more from the standpoint that this increases focus, discipline, and accountability. So every single team member is achieving every facet of that vision. And healthy, Tommy, because a lot of teams are more dysfunctional than functional. And so this just helps that leader and that leadership team create a more cohesive, united, functional leadership team, because as goes the team, so goes the rest of the organization.
0: Justin, I actually just saw a study that said uh, of startups, 60% of the failures that happen with startups are as a result of just team dynamics.
1: Yeah, you've heard the phrase culture eats strategy for lunch, right? Absolutely. That's why. I mean, It's human beings doing the work. And if we can't align the human beings, the the business has no chance of getting off the ground.
0: Well, Justin, there's a lot I'd like to ask you about as it relates to uh, EOS and your work with implementing that across uh, so many businesses. But before we get there, I want to back up a little bit. I want to go back to kind of the beginning for you. And uh, most people we talked with, they had either a big break moment or a big break idea or a chance encounter. I would love to hear what got you started on this journey of becoming a facilitator for EOS.
1: Let me take you back. There's two big breakthrough moments for me. Number one, I was a financial advisor with a Fortune 500 wealth management firm. And I got to a point where I realized I would rather have a case of gout than do any more portfolio reviews. And I didn't own the company. I was simply, they offered me limited partnership, but I didn't control the culture. And I knew I was just too bored. And so I pivoted. My brother and I went with a few friends, and we started this nonprofit organization. And I was basically the the smiley face salesman of that nonprofit for seven years. And we birthed this phenomenal leadership training program for junior high students teaching five core values. When we started that, it was like five volunteers and 50 students. And we grew it to about 2,500 students a week, 300 volunteers, and I hit the ceiling again. And I think that's what a lot of entrepreneurs realize is you pivot until you find your groove. And I remember telling my brother, dude, I love you. I love this mission. I never wanted to be in a nonprofit. I never wanted to be a fundraiser. I've got to go scratch this entrepreneurial itch. And so I I launched my own speaking training coaching company. And how I found EOS, Tommy, is literally after two or three years of doing keynote speaking, conference speaking, leadership training, culture stuff with teams, I had a client come to me and say, Justin, you have turned the light bulb on culture for us. You've shown us leadership. And then he paused and he looked at me in the eyes and he said, but EOS actually helped us do it. And it was a light bulb moment for me to say, I want to be helping you gain traction. I want to help you with these tools. And he said, you should look into it. And so literally I had my own little entrepreneurial journey and I realized Gino Wickman, who's the author of Traction and founder of EOS Worldwide, had created a better mousetrap. And I, I have enough humility to know I don't need to create it. I just want to master what really works. And so that's how I became an implementer. And now I'm working with 26 clients across the country and having a blast helping people gain massive traction.
0: That's incredible Justin. You know, my personal journey with Traction and EOS, uh, I had been in the in the throes. We'd built out a nationwide business uh, with some partners. Yeah. And through that, we were just hitting the ceiling as Justin talks about. You'll hear that today with other founder teams, but we were hitting the ceiling. The business had grown bigger than our skills and capabilities at that time. And the question mark became how do you address that? And uh, we had actually put together a, an outstanding board of directors, uh, got some great coaching on how to set that up and while still staying privately owned, which was different than a lot of our founders that are listening. You know, I come from this VC world. We were still privately owned. We had not taken any venture capital at this point, but put a board of directors in place. And one of those board directors was actually from the area where Gino kind of started this whole thing, was familiar with Gino Wickman. And recommended to our organization, you guys, you got to check out Traction. That day, I downloaded the book on my Kindle and reading it, it was like taking all six of my favorite business books ever, putting them into one book, Mm -hmm. consolidating to what matters the most, kind of that 80-20 Pareto principle. Mm -hmm. Through that, it was really easy to recognize where we were struggling as a business And I think uh, one of the tools that I've become just such a huge fan of, and we actually recommend to any business that's contacting us for potential investment, is organizationalcheckup.com. It's just a great website. It's a quick way to just run your business through the EOS framework and be able to see how do you stack out. You're going for a score of 80 to 100, and a lot of businesses fall short of that. We certainly did. Here's the part I love and how Justin and I got connected. I felt stuck. You know, we're hitting the ceiling. I read this book. I love the concepts. I've done the organizational checkup. I know we're falling short in some really key areas that make a business successful. Didn't know what to do next. So, you know, kind of my story of my life is I just pick up the phone and call people that. And normally people won't call. So I just picked up the phone. I'm like, hey, I want to talk to Gino. (laughs) And so called for Gino Wickman. You know, at the time EOS was serving like 10,000 businesses worldwide. And I just said, hey, I want to talk to Gino. We've got these issues and I want to know who we need. And uh, Gino personally recommended because of our industry and, and the business I was calling about that we connect with Justin and so uh, ever since, it's just been a tremendous relationship. Justin's been a, a just a tremendous asset. That particular business was in the financial services arena. Justin serves far more than just financial services, mm-hmm. but certainly for any firm listening today, any financial service company, he certainly has a wealth of experience in that area as well as other areas. So Justin, that's an unsolicited commercial for you. (laughs) Well-deserved. Thanks, Tommy. Thank you also to Gino, because I have a great friend now, a friend for life Mm -hmm. because of Gino's willingness to actually connect me to somebody he believed would be best for our organization. And, And certainly Justin has. We've used him with multiple companies at this point.
1: You know, Tommy, I just want to say that one thing you've said to me, and I'm I resonate with your statement because I'm a visionary, I'm also an entrepreneur. I've started a couple different companies from scratch. I use every single one of these tools in all of my businesses. And you had said something in one of our sessions, and you said, Justin, I feel like I have a muzzle on me. I've used that line with so many other visionaries. And so I would just say sometimes. We're in our own way and we don't know how to get out of that mode. And and I want to desperately to get that muzzle off you because your unique ability is ideas and big relationships and you love to move fast. And so if you're feeling muzzled by your company, there are lots of systems out there. All I'm saying is if you don't get the muzzle off, you'll never reach your potential. And so, Tommy, you're reaching full potential because you found some systems and some disciplines that have allowed you to run in such a way to experience the fullness of all that you're trying to do. And you're less hindered now. And EOS helps business owners experience more time freedom and more financial freedom. And if it's not doing that, it's not delivering on its promise. And so that's why personally I'm not just an implementer. I use this for the business we started two and a half years ago and the team is scaling. We're looking at an acquisition, but it's grounded in the disciplines of EOS because it's simple. Everybody can use it. So anyways, I love talking to visionaries because I am one and none of us want to fail. We want to take the muzzle off and experience the fullness of what we can do. So that's you and I are kindred
0: spirits, man. Yeah, Justin, one of the things I wanted to talk about today is uh, one, of the, one of the hallmark kind of tenets of the EOS structure is this concept of pairing a great visionary with a great integrator. Yeah. And for our listeners, a lot of our listeners may not know, you know, visionary is kind of self-explanatory, but this concept of an integrator, why it's so necessary and how those two work together, why don't you speak to that?
1: So there's been a ton of research and lots of people have written lots of books on this like one, two punch dynamic and Gino articulates it as a visionary and integrator. And it's important that you know that there are more visionaries in the world than there are integrators. And so there's a scarcity of integrators. And so it's really important that even though you said we all understand what a visionary is, let me just give you the brief synopsis. Visionary people are big relationship people. They're big idea people, and they typically run on emotion. They make decisions on passion, on gut feelings, and on emotion. And when you have a visionary without an integrator in your company, let me paint the picture of an integrator. They operate on logic. They operate on systems. They operate on disciplines. They love, I say that they're the black hat people. They don't mind saying no, and they're willing to enter the danger and have all the hard conversations, where typically visionaries, they rather back away from the hard conversation. They just wanna have fun, build great relationships, and they wanna get everybody excited and passionate about things. So when you're a visionary without an integrator, You typically have a lot of broken systems, a lot of energy, and you spike up your whole team for one, two, three months, and then it falls to crap because you lack the system. You lack the structure. You lack that turtle mindset. You're more like the rabbit, shiny object, run, sprint, rest, and the integrator balances that out so you can be your visionary self. Let your freak flag fly knowing that you have an integrator that is harmoniously integrating the entire team and they're creating a cadence. They're responsible to drive operational excellence. They're the ones holding everyone accountable, which allows you, the visionary, to do your unique ability. We, I'm not wired to do integrator work. I know that, and as soon as I recognized I gotta let go of the vine, and I I'm good to be me, and put me in a box of my special skill set. Then put that integrator in their box. It's the one-two punch. We call it rocket fuel. Mark Winters wrote a book called Rocket Fuel to describe the relationship and the necessity of a visionary joining forces with an integrator. That alone. If you don't hear anything else on this podcast, that alone is a
0: business game changer. Absolutely. You know, for so many startups, Justin, one of the things uh, that we as investors from a venture capital standpoint, Mm -hmm. one of the things we have to gauge is, can they stay focused on their big ideas? Right. And uh, what I appreciate about the visionary integrator combo, you know, the personal takeaway for me has been, let that visionary have those 50 great ideas. And of course, the visionary thinks that all 50 ideas are absolutely (laughs) great, even though we all know some of them aren't. That's right. But then have that integrator coming alongside them to say, okay, yep, they're all great, but these are the two that we're going to laser focus on because these are the two that are going to move the needle over the next 90 days, over the next year, over the next three years. So allowing that visionary to still dream and create and, you know, come up with new stuff from nothing. Right. But then pairing that up with somebody who can actually execute. We talk about this all the time in the venture space that ideas are easy. That's the easy part. Yeah. It's the execution that distinguishes the successful teams from those that just don't make it.
1: And the power of the visionary integrator dynamic really comes into play when those two people align as to what is that vision, that VTO, the Vision Traction Organizer, which is another tool of EOS, but it's really when the visionary and the integrator understand and have declared what is the vision, which is eight questions. What are our core values? What's the core focus of the business? What's the 10-year target? What's our marketing strategy? What's the three-year picture, the one-year plan, the 90-day rocks, and what are our issues that could get in the way of all that vision? When a visionary and integrator are fully aligned on that VTO, they both have some guiding rails that would show them, this is what we said we wanted. Now that integrator can execute to bring that vision traction organizer to life and they're both in agreement with it. So even the visionary with those 50 ideas can't deny the fact that there's a document that they can go back to and say, yes, we still want that 10-year target. Yes, I still want the three-year picture. So the greater good is getting the visionary and the integrator to be in alignment with the
0: fullness of those eight questions that vision tracks organizer. I love it. You know, Justin, over the years, you've gotten to work with so many teams at this point. Yeah. Share with us one or two of your favorite experiences, you know, being in strategic planning with these teams What have been some of those favorite moments that you've gotten to be a fly on the wall to actually experience? So, Tommy, one of my passions is I want to grow
1: companies. I love growing companies. But the thing that I've learned after almost 400 full day sessions working with leadership teams is companies don't grow unless people do. And so kind of the highlight moment for me, this is a small story, but a huge impact, entrepreneur 6 time inc 5000 fastest growing companies type of deal and yet they were not hitting their profitability in fact one quarter I'm in the room with the leadership team and they were experiencing a negative 6% ebitda like not winning financially but they they had all these other accolades and I looked at the team I said when would you actually start to like actually winning financially when would you guys like to own that part of your business and they looked at me and they're like we want to own that now. I'm like, well, you're not setting priorities to move the needle there. And in 90 days, Tommy, they went from a negative 6% EBITDA to a positive 18% EBITDA. And I just, that was in 90 days. Okay. They were talking about an eight, $8 million company. It's a 24 point swing in EBITDA in 90 days. And it was because of intentionality. I have a, a favorite line, success loves discipline. The power of EOS is it puts disciplines so you can master your business. The tail is no longer wagging the dog. So my highlight moments are when guys like you realize I can take my muzzle off. Holy smokes, that was a game changer for you. For me, it's when I'm in the room with extremely competent, passionate, hard-charging leaders, and I get to watch them break through their own ceiling. That gal that had the negative 6% and went to 18%, I just got a picture of their scorecard yesterday and it was the most successful scorecard, the most successful quarter, the most successful month they've ever had in the history of the company. And it's because they've fallen in love with discipline. EOS is like, you and I may be casual athletes, but EOS could turn us into Olympic athletes. Like that's literally my favorite part is it, it b- builds better leaders, Tommy. That's just what it does.
0: I love that mental picture, Justin, of, you know, when you're hitting the ceiling as that business, as that founder team, it's almost like everything you're doing, you're you're pushing a boulder uphill yeah. or you're swimming against the current. And when that traction comes, then it's like the boulders rolling downhill. I'm not saying it's not, they're, you know, they're still working hard. But there's just this effortless flow that comes to that hard work. It's like swimming with the current. Yeah. And, you know, it's just been so neat to see businesses go from that lack of traction to having it. And Justin, I, th- I think for, you know, for our founder teams that may be listening to this podcast and trying to get their arms around venture and how venture capital works and all that, what I want them to hear is that that ability to hit those milestones, you know, going from negative 6% profitability to 18% positive profitability, that may be the absolute difference maker in raising that next round of capital, or yeah. as we like to call it here, We you know, we call capital oxygen. You know, that may be the difference in getting that next oxygen tank for the business and not. And so this stuff really matters. Being able to hit those milestones And when you're not hitting those milestones, being able to pivot and figure out, okay, what do we need to do to get back on track? Or maybe we had the wrong milestones. Let's make sure we've actually got this mapped out the way it needs to go. So really, really important. Justin, I wanted to ask, uh, as it relates to traction, traction kind of has a profile of a business that is the right target Mm -hmm. for traction? What is the right type of business that might want to take a look at traction?
1: So ideal target market, we've found that teams are coming to us when they get to that 10 team members to maybe 250 team members. That's the spot where they're hitting the ceiling. Things aren't working. The book of the month club is not delivering results anymore. They're not having fun. There's too much drama. The people headaches are more than they thought there would be when they started the business. So it's that 10 to 250 employees. We would say two to 50 million. I will say, though, I implemented traction at zero revenue with my small Rackley restoration team because I wanted to have the team have focus. And so it can work for less than that. We just found that there's other problems you have to solve. But once you're at 10 people and you're trying to manage human energy now, so that's an ideal target on it. The other thing I'll tell you, Tommy, is there's a thousand ways to make a good company. EOS doesn't claim to have the market on it. But I will say EOS does not work if you're a dictator. And I don't mean that derogatory. I just mean there's benevolent dictators and there's really nasty dictators but if you're willing to change, that's to clarify if you're willing to change, if you're hungry to grow, and you want to have an open, honest, transparent team, then this is a system that will help you get what you want out of your business. Because what does John Maxwell say or an African proverb? If you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, build a team. EOS was designed to help you scale through a team so that you weren't as needed to do everything. It's kind of like that e When you first read e it talks about the owner hat, the manager hat, and the technician hat. Well, in the beginning, you're wearing all the hats. You implement EOS so you can start letting go of the vine and delegating some of these responsibilities to other team members, therefore allowing you to increase pace and not lose quality because you're onboarding great team members. And that basically is just saying we try to get the business owner and the leadership team to think higher than the 136 issues in front of their face. There's the six key components that we're trying to get you to focus on.
0: And Justin, you know, you shared with us some of your favorite uh, experiences being that fly on the wall in strategic planning. Mm-hmm. Let's go to the opposite of that. What have been some of the hardest <laughs> moments you've gotten to experience as that fly on the wall in in strategic planning?
1: We just covered it. When there is a non-target market client that has read the book and said, yeah, we're going to implement traction, but they're a dictator. And then I have to be the one to have the hard conversation to say, I don't know if EOS is gonna work for you because you have dictator tendencies and nothing that this system will bring is gonna help you because you have to call the shots at every corner. And so I've literally had some of those conversations where, dude, like EOS was designed to serve you. You're not designed to serve EOS. It's just a system to help business owners get where they wanna go. But sometimes you're in your own way. And if you want to be a dictator, that's where it's been unfun for me is when I realize someone said yes because they read the book. They didn't say yes because they counted the cost. And I I literally had a friend implement EOS after a year. I asked him, I'm like, dude, how's it going? He goes, worst year of my life. Hmm. (laughs) I said, I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, Justin. I'm a leadership connoisseur, I love this stuff. I thought I was amazing at it. I thought I was good until we started implementing EOS. And so I would say where I've seen more train wrecks is when leaders say yes to EOS, but they're not willing to change. And this leader that said worst year of his life, he was partially kidding, because he said, Justin, I just feel like this system has allowed everyone to see me at my worst. He goes, it's pointed out all the weaknesses. He goes, I feel like I'm running through my office naked, exposing all my crap and I died laughing. he goes, but here's the truth. It's been the best year for my team, Hmm. best year for my company. And I just talked to him last month. He's two X'd his company in, in 48 months. No other extra equity. That's just organic growth put on rocket fuel because he's got, went from 25 people to uh, 60 people now that are gaining traction. And it's because he was humble enough to not be a dictator. So the, the, the bad stories for me always come down to, you know this, leadership stinks from the top down. And so when you have a leader that's not willing to change and they're not hungry to grow and they just want what they want and they're not willing to be a team player, no system is going to be helpful for them. It's better that they just stay a good dictator and
0: manage what they can manage. Justin, when you talk about the dictator kind of mindset, give me some actual outpouring of what that actually looks like in practice. Uh, Let's say there's a founder team listening and a couple of the founders are like, hmm, uh, you know, our other founder, that sounds a lot like them. How does that show up?
1: So a dictator is, even if it's a benevolent dictator, they're the type of people, they're super smart, they run extremely hard, their work ethic is ridiculous. Sometimes they're a narcissist, but sometimes they just don't know how to let go. And so imagine a wheel with all the spokes in the center of the wheel where all the spokes are connected. That's the leader who is the single thinking mind of the entire team. It's the leader with a 1,000 followers. And the way the company runs and is successful is because that leader is required to do all of the thinking for the entire organization. And that's a lot of times where a lot of leaders finally are raising the white flag saying, this business is running me. I'm not trying to be a dictator, but I have built a team of followers and I don't have any leaders. I would call that um, non-intentional dictatorship as they just found themselves being the thinking mind of the whole company. And they're desperately trying to get out of that mode because they know it's not sustainable and they know they can't scale that. And so that's one picture of a dictator. The other picture of a dictator is a pure narcissist who, even though they may not want to be a narcissist they talk down to their team, they yell at their team, they shut people down, they're insecure in their own leadership and they don't know how to stop that dynamic. And so it's a command and control and they they inflict fear on their people and their people perform out of fear, but they also, as soon as that boss leaves, that leader has no control over what's happening in the room Because the leader is only effective when the leader is putting fear on the people. And so those are the dynamics and those are the things that I think a lot of founders have to be really transparent and aware. Self-awareness is the number one trait of great leadership is are you self-aware? This morning I had a leader tell me, Justin, I can tell I'm creating fear in the way I communicate with my people. And he goes, and that's a problem and I have to change it. He's aware that he has a a heavy hand in the way he leads his people. And so he's willing to change. So if you're listening to this and, you know, maybe I call this as best friends, Tommy, I want my best friends to stab me from the front. I don't want to be backstabbed. So if you're listening to this and you're like, gosh, this guy is, you know, pounding on me a bit. I'm not pounding on you. I'm just saying who around you is telling you the truth. And if you're not getting the truth and if everybody is just a yes, man, yes, man, yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am to you, you may built up some fear and you may not be allowing your people to think, which that's a
0: problem if you're going to scale your business. Absolutely. Justin, thanks so much for being willing to share that. We're going to move into my favorite segment, which is when we ask the question that everybody is wondering. <laughs> For you, this is that question. So you mentioned actually starting this nonprofit with your brother mm-hmm. many years ago. And uh, the follow-up question is, you know, you you ended up leaving that nonprofit. So two parts. Mm-hmm. Uh, first, uh, do you still have a good relationship with your brother today? And is that organization still thriving today? So
1: when I first started that organization with my brother, it was the intent that I just, I'm a person of faith. And so I, I told the Lord, "I'm Lord, I'm gonna help my brother and tell you, tell me what to do next. Cause I knew from the beginning, I didn't want to be in a nonprofit. I knew from the beginning, I didn't want to be a fundraiser, but that was my unique ability. I knew I could door knock better than anybody else in this small little startup. And so I put on that hat for seven years, And I ran for seven years and probably five years in, I started to feel very insecure. I started to question my impact. I was having some some trust issues and I just felt like I wasn't at my best. And I kid you not, Tommy, my wife came to me. And this is six and a half years into building a thriving mission, helping thousands of students and I, I missed it. My wife came to me in tears, put her hand on my shoulder, and she looked at me and she said, Justin, you're not the man I thought you'd be when I married you 16 years ago. Then she said, you're not the husband I thought you'd be when I married you 16 years ago. And then she said in the same freaking sentence, and you're not the father I thought you'd be when I married you 16 years ago. So with tears running down her face, hand on my shoulder, I knew she loved me. She was telling me the truth. And she said, something has to change. Nobody in this community knows that you're miserable and we're bearing the brunt of your misery. And so the reason I pivoted from this amazing mission called Five Star is because I had an amazing team member willing to stab me from the front and give me some awareness that I wasn't willing to face And Tommy, that's the only reason why you and I met is because I had the guts to pivot and start my leadership training company. And to this day, was there a little bit of awkwardness when I left Five Star and my brother, who's my best friend, we were doing life together. For a year or two, there was awkwardness, but he's my best friend today. And I donate more money to that cause now than I ever have in my life. And it's only going up and to the right because I'm finally in a seat where I'm i love what I do. I'm adding tons of value. And Seth is actually doing better work now than when I was in his way seven years, eight, nine years ago. So it's I think today Seth is impacting seventeen thousand students a week. They have this amazing ranch, three hundred acres. It's the best of both worlds because he's still my best friend. And we're both running in different lanes. That's not always the story, but that is that is my story. and I have my wife to thank for that.
0: Justin, thanks for sharing that. You know one of the uh, one of the challenges for a lot of business owners is how do they, you know, we, we talk about balancing out work and the startup life and home. And uh, you know, some of the best coaching I ever got was around this idea of you don't have to choose and get in the mindset of it's not choosing my family or my business, figure out how to build it and structure it in a way where you're not choosing, where they're just flowing together in a really good, good way. And, uh, you know, for your wife and certainly my wife along the years as well, to be able to come to us and say, something's not flowing right. Uh, (laughs) Those are some of the best eye openers I've ever had. You know, we're we're both blessed to have just incredible women in our lives that have, you know, I I certainly would not be where I'm at without just an amazing business partner in every sense of the word, you know, to keep me moving. So thank you for sharing that. Justin, the real question that I think a lot of our listeners want to know is if they are at that point in their business. So, you know, let's say they've got those 10 people. Mm -hmm. They recognize this issue of they're bumping against the ceiling. Maybe they're missing milestones or maybe their visionary is feeling muzzled or maybe the rest of the team is feeling like we can't get any traction because every time we get going somewhere, the visionary pivots and wants to go a totally different direction. Yeah. If There are listeners out there where their business is experiencing those challenges. What is the best way for them to reach out to you?
1: So the best way people can reach out to me, Tommy, is really my website, JustinMost.com. That's JustinMost.com. That's an easy way to reach out to me. Also, if they just want to link up with me on, uh, connect with me on LinkedIn, Justin Moss at LinkedIn is totally cool too. But if they're hitting the ceiling and if any of this conversation has resonated with them, let's get on the phone. I can tell you a little bit more, but at the end of the day, I have a, it's a free 90 minute meeting and it would explain to you the model of EOS. It would share with you the tools of EOS and it would show you our process. And at the end of that 90 minutes, you'll be able to make an evaluation, is now the time for our team to implement EOS with these tools. That 90-minute meeting will explain that. It's free. I can either come to you, I can do it online, or I can introduce you. There's 380 implementers across the world, and so, in that 90-minute meeting, if you're like, yeah, EOS is awesome, but I don't think I can tolerate Justin, then there's there's a lot more Justins out there. But the 90-minute meeting is the best way for you to evaluate, do we need this system in our business to really get to the next level?
0: Awesome. Justin, we really appreciate you spending this time with us today, uh, being here. I know our listeners appreciate it as well. So everybody out there, thanks so much for joining Beyond the Ordinary. We look forward to being with you again soon. for listening to this episode of beyond the ordinary this podcast is brought to you by mammoth and produced by reverb if you like this show consider sharing it with a friend you can subscribe to future episodes in apple podcasts spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts for more information about mammoth and beyond the ordinary visit us at mammoth.vc